Welcome to another episode of Canadians with Disabilities and Their Allies. My name is Brent Rain. I'm the host for the show. And today I have Dan Trays rejoining me today. It's always a great pleasure to have Dan join me on my show. And Dan's from Toronto, Ontario. Uh, he's on almost the east coast of Canada. I'm on the west coast of the capital region in western Canada in Victoria, British Columbia. Beautiful sunny day here today. How is the weather out in your area there, Dan? Scorcher. I think it's about uh, 30 degrees Celsius today, they say. I got the AC and two fans going here. Uh, yeah. Oh, but, yeah, it's, uh, but I can't complain, right? Uh, we needed, uh, and just to start off, too, very quickly on that weather-wise, uh, I, I wish nothing but the best for, for all the provinces and areas uh, affected by the wildfires, right? Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm praying for rain for them, right? I'm praying for rain. Uh, we've we've only had 16 millimeters of rain in uh, last month, and uh, and it was all uh, 15 of those millimeters of rain fell one day in May, um, and it's just terrible. Like Victoria is just, it's just bone dry, like beyond bone dry, and there's no rain in sight. Like there's nothing in sight for who knows how long. And I, I feel sorry for the uh, you know people fighting the forest fires right now. It's just raging across a lot of the provinces right now. Um, you know, and I, I won't really dive too much into all that but it's um i just want people to be careful just be careful out there with uh you know uh, just human human um you know i guess uh your just carelessness right um just be really careful out there because it's bone dry um the forest fires the uh, firefighters are doing their best to try to basically combat mother nature mother nature basically has a mind of her own right and um this is the uh well this is the repercussion when it comes to climate change too right so we have to do our best as, as citizens uh across the country and uh keep things under control and, and you hope that uh you know we don't have another heat dome issue uh that we had in the you know past years where oh a, yeah. a number of uh you know and it's usually the vulnerable people right that that end up uh dying from from the heat because they don't have proper housing they don't have proper air conditioning they don't have uh you know and even as you said with the, with the forest fires like i myself for the last three or four years now have had uh this air purifier in my place because the smoke was getting so bad for the last few years right so I, I like I finally I finally broke down and, and bought one but not, not everybody can afford one of those right but I mean if right. I didn't I, if I didn't have it I mean it was really it was really bugging me so oh yeah I, sure. I used to laugh at people that 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 got air purifiers like, why would you need one <laughs> you know well, I, like I, I I never thought like it, it just seemed like a pointless purchase for me for so many years and then you know, lo and behold, the last few years we've had the forest fires, and of course, like you, basically, it's a required purchase now. Mm -hmm. um, so. I remember last year when we had the heat dome. The the government uh, in in our province, uh, Neil, uh, had said they were going to be uh, getting uh, um, help for for people on low income, uh, seniors, people with disabilities. Uh, I mean, to get the air purifiers or air conditioners, but that never happened. Mm -hmm. uh, I, yeah. I really my fingers that we really do not get a heat dome again it's yeah I think well, we will but hopefully not to they see because how many people died last year oh. it was it was a lot well, you see, neil, neil touched on sorry to interrupt but neil touched on something that's very near and dear like it's uh the homeless community right uh whether it's cold or heat and that and that's why on a friday i want to uh, uh be more positive and and just let people know in case you didn't know that 
you know, uh, proud to be a part of a team. Uh, uh, we advised the counselor who actually brought forth a motion here in Toronto uh, last council meeting, Councillor Paul Ainsley, who I, uh, full disclosure, I work for. And uh, he was the one who brought forth a motion that declared homelessness a, and I don't know what word they used. It was either crisis or emergency, um, but mm. it was a good start. Uh, I don't know how the vote went, if it was unanimous or not, uh, but it was a great start in going forward, like working together, uh, you know, people need to start praising these council and the staff and, but most of all, us in the community that are bringing forward the ideas that, that will attack these issues uh, be, before these deaths happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and one of my motives is always being uh, proactive, like looking at the situation, what can we do as society to help combat uh, like homelessness or, or any issue? Is it, is it a housing crisis, homelessness, uh, healthcare emergencies? And, and it's all intertwined. I mean, in order to reduce or eliminate, I, I use the word eliminate rather than reduce, eliminate homelessness, uh, you look at the healthcare. I mean, it puts more strain on our healthcare system when you've got more people that are homeless. Well, what is the underlying issue? What's causing it? Is it that maybe a person's uh, building burnt down because of bad electrical issues? Uh, is it, has it been so condemned that um, the, the poor wiring? Like, I don't know, like there's so many things, right? And then you see people that are homeless and then, uh, you know, uh, I, I know in my hometown, I went by and I, well, it's changed a lot in, in different ways. And in a positive way, it's, it's growing um, in, uh, well, rapidly. But I talked to a couple of people and they told me, well, yeah, we managed to find a place, but it was hard to find because of the, the cost factors. And is, is it the cost factors of these places because the, uh, you know, corporate landlords are making too expensive? Well, then they still became become homeless, right? Uh, a couple of them did find a place. Uh, a couple, uh, well, one of them was one of my previous, um, uh, well, residents who lived in the building. I was quite surprised uh, bumping into her, and it was nice that she found a home uh, for the price that she pays. Um, Dan, it, it's just outrageous. I couldn't believe the amount. I was like, wow. I said I used to rent a two-bedroom place for the same price. And she found a one bedroom for that price, like nineteen hundred bucks. Wow! Like, and I, and I, think issue, like, I, I believe the issue, like, it, it's probably the same across the board across the country, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, the issue, two things, man: housing and services. So yeah. when you hear about housing and affordable housing, that's great. It helps that family of four, or you know, single parent family, uh, get an affordable place in the city. But it does not do and. Here's my $20 donation. It does not do <laughs> shit for the homeless, right? Like it does absolutely yeah. garbage for the homeless. And if you don't have those wraparound services to help with such things as mental health, with uh, transit issues going on, uh, and, and more importantly, like you mentioned earlier, Brent, how, health. Uh, if we can't get these things gelled together, then all we are is a bunch of yelling hot air heads, right? Like we're just a bunch of this and that does not solve anything as it pertains to actually getting action on the issues right and that's the, that's where we find ourselves now and especially here in toronto like i hate to keep mentioning it. i know you guys are on the west coast there um and, and I it's know all can it's there. all canada wide anyway it's I mean, exactly it's it's all the yeah. same right yeah and, and that's like here in toronto we I, i'm probably gonna get fired for saying this my bad but we got a hundred and two there's that twenty dollars. It's five dollars a word, by the way. We got a hundred and two fucking candidates running for mayor, right? How do you possibly like? We had a debate yesterday, canceled, right? And it was canceled on a more serious note because some candidates were actually physically threatened. Uh, thank God they arrested the person and got that. But it's like we would have heard. We had somebody on the slate to be speaking, and we would have heard from candidates who are lesser known. But now we're not afforded that opportunity. So we got to go based on what media tells us. And more mm -hmm. importantly, though, what we hear from spaces like this with lived experience. So that's why I encourage everybody to listen to spaces like this, listen to other podcasts and such, and, and focus and make your choice an opinionated choice, but it's educated, not just rip, 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 rip. Yeah. And, the, and my brain power goes out to left field. That's when I stop listening. And the, and the thing that, uh, you know, bothers me, too, is, uh, 
you know, we always hear of the terms uh, equality and equity. And I mean, those are great words. I mean, I, I'm, I, it's not like I don't support those words, but oh, yeah. um, like a reality pill here is that uh, there, there's never going to be complete equity and equality ever. <laughs> I mean, there's always going to be a huge disconnect of the haves and the have not have nots. Right. But at the end of the day, um, you know, every human life is precious, you know, like I, I, like, I don't care, you know, like, yes, there's always going to be inequalities and there's always going to be like, nothing's going to be completely equitable. Right. But at the end of the day, every friggin' human life is, is valuable. And it, it, it bugs me that, uh, when governments and people and people i mean they're not they're not doing it on purpose i realize but they there's there's a cost associated with certain people and they're like well you know this this segment of the population isn't worthy <laughs> you know like they they don't they don't have the same value uh like for example even uh, even at the same level of like for example like you you and i on pwd uh, the governments here, like the provincial government here, thinks that we're not taxpayers, and of course we're taxpayers, right? Like, oh, absolutely. We, we and and I mean, the government pays us our PWD, um, and instead of thinking about about that as being uh, money that's being put back into the community, because you and I are going to spend it directly mm-hmm. at at shops and 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 stuff like that, and grocery stores and and restaurants and all that kind of stuff. We're going to spend the money directly, so it's it's a, a economy driver, right? But but the governments have have this in their head that like the mindset, what, yeah. The mindset is, you know, people on disability, we're supporting them with our wonderful like you know social assistance that we give them every month, like a thousand dollars a month or whatever. And it's like, you know, and and it's like, you know, isn't that wonderful for us? uh but you know these uh people on pwd aren't aren't supporting the economy and that's just a bunch of bull of course we are i mean well, listen, the, the fact of the matter is this right is that like i've been a uh, what's known as a scrutineer and for those that don't know just very briefly it's like when you go to the polling stations on election day do the count for whatever candidate you're there for yada yada right um and the fact of the matter is i don't know about you guys in bc but here in ontario it's it's just a known fact that that People that are low income, people that are are living in housing, seniors, the disabled, a lot of them don't vote. And the governments here over the past previous decades have picked up on this, that they don't vote. I went to one polling station that had 407 people in it, okay? 97 people came out to vote. So like... (laughs) We need to get the vote out. We need the people to get out and vote and make it and know that your choice actually does matter. Right. I used to be one of those guys that sat there and said, why the hell am I going to go waste my time voting, man? One vote's not going to. But it does matter because you get that one vote times by how many people with disabilities are there in Canada. And then tell me what's going to happen. Right. I, I am sick and tired of people complaining. And we should. But complaining about governments like months after an election. Why didn't you get off your, and there goes my 20 bucks. Why don't you get off your ass and go vote, right? There's no excuse. In my area here, for example, there's eight polling stations within a one block radius. You cannot tell me you can't find somewhere to go vote. Go vote and, and try to join your MLAs, join your members of parliament or your MPPs or your councillors and try to affect change, but go vote because it's so very important. And there there was, there was that buzzword, yeah. uh, called crypt the vote have you heard that crypt the vote yes yeah Yeah. i've heard that many times and and it's so (laughs) important man that you you mentioned that people get out and vote because it it is uh you know it is your your right as as a citizen in canada to to vote i mean in some places uh you know you don't have that right i mean and i'm not using other countries as an example saying well you know canada i mean you know oh i mean not not vote i mean you, you know, I mean, you want to see change. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're right. Every vote counts. And yeah, I used to have that mindset at one time, oh, many years ago, right when I was able to vote. 
oh, I used to say to my mom, what's the point? What's the point? They're all going to get what they want. They're going to do what they want. Just right. But if you don't get out and vote, Brent, then your voice doesn't matter. But your mm-hmm. voice does matter. If you get a vote to say, this is what I voted. This is who I voted for. And if they're not doing, and this is the point I want to make to everybody watching the podcast. If the representative that you voted for in your constituency, okay, who represents the government, right? <clears throat> MLAs, MPPs, M- uh, MPs, doesn't matter who they are, city councils, you voted for them, right? So you have to hold them accountable, right? And yeah. if they're not doing what you asked them to go and do, then why? Like You need to now have a communication with them or the staff and say, how can we as citizens of that community or as the country, how can we work together and make it a better, uh, better community, better country, or better province, better country altogether. Um, well, it's like everybody yeah. knows, right? Like this is actually uh, um, uh, Pride Month, right? And yeah. I was just telling somebody yesterday or today, um, there, there was a protest going on, a movement going on, an action, whatever you want to call it, right? And it's very important that we have those to get the word out, right? But the fact of the matter is there was media there and there was there was independent journalists there that were covering the story um, and they were being blocked from covering it. And now whether you like that person or not, right, the fact of the matter is, is that the point of an action or a protest is to get the word out. So if you're going to block somebody from reporting on that, mm. what's the point? Are you really doing it to affect change or are you doing it to hear your own narrative? So like you just said, working together going forward like that, and I'm sick of hearing it throughout the whole pandemic, but it's the truth. We, we got to do that or else whatever you do is redundant and pointless. I hope I word that, use that word correctly. Oh, no, totally. I, I totally echo what you're saying on that because it is so important that um, all, you know, all parties, all, uh, it means people work together. It, uh, I know news, certain newscasts are very uh, selective on, on you know, kind of narrate their own uh you know viewpoints of what they want to push out there but if yeah if they want to it's like silencing is in my view is like silencing out the ones they don't want to hear from right and everyone has a voice and uh you know give or take if some people are right or wrong i mean everyone still has their viewpoints and they should listen to their viewpoints and yes there's always some good parts of of each conversation that is important to pick out so every advocate has their own viewpoints put it all together and what do we got we got some great ideas and then we work with it from that point it's like it's like my own narrative i used to say about spaghetti uh dan mm-hmm. you get that pot of spaghetti right you throw all the ingredients in what do you got now you got a pretty good spaghetti uh you know uh, and, but if you got nothing in there it's like the bill c22 you got nothing in there it's all talk like mm-hmm. it's like talk well yeah that you know what let's get it done let's get the derb out there and that's the point i want to make today too is I want your viewpoint on this, Dan, too, is, okay, so as a lot of people know, they're suffering in this country, right? I get it. Um, I personally, uh, I'm struggling, right? But um, a lot of people are struggling even worse than I am, right? They're struggling even worse. They're on the street. They got no shelter. They got no home. So they're they're hoping, they're hoping that LC22, the Canada Disability Benefit, is going to be passed through royal assent now even when it gets passed they're still going to delay it they're still going to study and build the framework for a whole year after and nobody knows how much that's going to be nobody knows all the details i know that the senators are really working hard to try to get this thing passed but uh (laughs) we got uh we got the person who's in charge of uh, going around and to the communities promoting accessibility well how do you have accessibility if you don't have the funds to to Use the accessibility, use transit, you know, better your, your communities and like getting out there and being involved in your communities. Maybe if you're able to work, be an entrepreneur, maybe if you want a part-time job, right? But you need all the tools, you need that income in order to do that. So my, my point is, is that uh, we need a DERB, which is the Disability Emergency Response Benefit. Uh, now I know uh, uh, someone would say, "Well, no, no, he got that right. The response or is it uh, recovery?" Or, but yeah, it's a emergency response money. While they study this or figure out how much they're going to make or put in that bill, is it going to be automatic for people on PWD? All those details are getting worked on or 
whatever behind the scenes. Uh, what's your viewpoint, Dan? It's, it's uh, I'm just going to be brutally blunt, right? It's, yeah. It goes back to what I said earlier. Fucking vote, right? Go vote. Because these people, think about it. Uh, how many motions do we see, whether it be on a federal, provincial, or municipal level, uh, that that just get ignored or take like three hundred and sixty-five thousand years, like this, mm -hmm. uh, like this, uh, what is it, C twenty-two or whatever? Uh, like, yeah. like, they 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 have the power to do what they want, and I'm not going to sit here and shit on government. It's like I said, it's Friday. Yeah. Let's keep in a good mood, right? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Like, they have the power to do what they want. They put yep. in CERB, they put in all these other benefits, but yet when it comes to the disability community and PWDs, whether it be in Ontario or across Canada, how, how many years has it been? Eight, eight years, something like eight that. Years. What people got to focus on though, and, and I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. I don't really care. <laughs> you got to focus on not crumbs, but taking it step by step, because what we got now in this, in this day and age is we got two, a lot, I wouldn't say too many, a lot of advocacy groups, which are great, but now they're all asking for different things. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know personally, I've worked in government, I've been a recipient of government funds, and quite frankly, if I didn't have an RGI, I'd probably be homeless again, even with the job that I have. But too far, too often, like, we, we just got to focus, there's no government that's going to give you $5,000 a month. Let's give up that fucking hope and prayer right now and sorry i don't got another 20 so i'm going to keep myself in check but we got to give that up so let's focus on what's realistic do we got to at least double the funds absolutely do we need a derb or whatever word is going to be tagged onto that c22 absolutely but one thing i want to focus on and, and i won't dive in too much into it unless you guys want to is an across the board universal rgi call it what you want, something to do with rent, because housing is key. If you have no roof over your head, what good is a couple grand a month? Mm -hmm. it's no yeah, I, I definitely dive into it, Dan. Um, that's uh, something that I was just going to talk to you about. So I'm glad that you brought that topic up. Yeah, definitely. I want to hear more about, about that, uh, about the RGI. No, making I, like, I don't yeah. have a specific plan for it yet, but I'm just saying like, but you know, all these years and all these decades that I've personally been doing this work, and, and also living through it at the same time it, mm. it's it, you never hear anything about oh get, get us housing build us more it's more about double our money and then when you get to the people listening mm -hmm. and saying okay let's double the money then it turns into oh quadruple the money and oh fuck this group said this and this group <laughs> said that come yeah. together for that one issue right don't come together for everything because that's just crazy that'll never happen come together for that one issue and say hey listen finland did it you know, places in Europe are doing it. Why can't we do this here in the richest country in Canada? We support every other uh, issue going on out there, which we should, because that's what we're known for and that's what we do. But people are dying on our streets still. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. Well, and, well, and I, I remember when uh, Shane Simpson was on, remember he was saying, you know, he made a comment of, uh, you know, that, that getting a job is important. And, and it is, but... I made the point, you know, that uh, when I did that advocacy work for uh, the Sam Sullivan Foundation, and we did we did a employment employment project or a pilot project to mm -hmm. uh, get people with disabilities working. I made the point that the problem is is if you have people that are in unsafe housing situations, like. I made the point that there was the, just the one example of the one guy that uh, had a, had a neighbor that was threatening his life like mm -hmm. every day saying, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And, and so then he got moved. It, this was a uh, BC housing. So this is provincial housing, <laughs> provincial housing stock. So he got moved. And then, then they, then the province said, well, we'll move you once, but if you complain again, you're you're off the off the service. We're not gonna we're not gonna house you anymore. So then mm -hmm. he got he got rehoused, and now he's in a place where I mean I'm hope hopefully it got fixed, but he was in a place where he had smelly carpets, and the um and the landlord refused to remedy the situation. So you tell me how is the guy supposed to get a job and when he's not sleeping 
properly because he can't sleep because because of the smelly carpets. He's he's not eating properly because he's on social assistance. So he's got like, you know, only a, a few hundred dollars every month for food, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and so it all goes hand in hand. Right. I mean, so like like Dan was saying, like having a safe shelter is so, so important. If you don't have if you don't have a, a safe place to lay your head, that's like the whole thing right there. You know, every, everything else falls apart if you don't have that. Well, that, that's um, that's kind of uh, the theme that from other guests that I've had, uh, Neil um, and Dan on, on on my podcast, is that the theme is that they recognize that housing is so important, right? And building building uh, more more social housing, they call it uh, more um, housing, not in the private sector but in the public sector. Uh, and in BC, uh, it's all under the umbrella of BC housing, right? So they can call it different ones. They can call it a orange group society or, uh, you know, Pepsi Cola, um, you know, or whatever it is, like some other provider, Like It's all, they, it's all individually run and, you know, operated, right. But under the umbrella. So, um, in the private sector, which, which I live market housing. Okay. So that I learned something yesterday. So I was going to bring this, uh, to everyone's attention here on, on you know, watching the podcast today. I, I've been living in this building here for two years now. To, uh, yeah, it's a two-year mark here, and um, in Victoria. Happy anniversary! Uh, yeah, and I and <laughs> I next door to this building, and they, I close my curtains during the day sometimes when the sun, because it shines right off their building. It's got white stucco, so they contrast. You can imagine; it just gives you just blind side job, right? So the sun hits it. I always thought it was a condominium. I, you know, until yesterday. I found out there was a contractor there. He was all doing a bunch of renovations. And so Sonia and myself, we were, we went for a walk down and we were talking to the contractor. And what we learned is not, it's not a, a condominium. It's actually co-op housing, co-op housing. And we talked about uh, rent and I said, yeah, I do podcasts. And, and I, I was talking to the individual and he says, um, well, how much is the rent over there? I told him what we pay. And he says, excuse me. He says, well, he says, no, no, the ones in this is co housing. They, they only pay 30% of their income. They got a hell of a lot more left in money left per mm-hmm. month. So mm-hmm. the point is that exactly what you mentioned, Dan, is that, um, is, is that people want their, their income doubled, tripled, or is it that give them cheaper housing? So now they've got more money. They can put it back in the economy and sure boost up their income. Definitely. Most definitely. But now they've got that plus that. And they can put it back into the economy, maybe be an entrepreneur if they're able to do something for themselves, if they're able to do a part-time job, if they can't. If they can't, well, at least now they've got more money because not everybody is able to work. But if they can, great. If they can't, they've now got more money. They put it back in the economy. They're taxpayers because they pay taxes. Well, we, de- we definitely need a combination of both, right? Obviously, people yeah. need more money because, you yeah. know, the rate of inflation that's been going on in the past couple of decades. Oh, uh, absolutely. I'm not a pro or anything, but as far as I can see, it's out of control. And when you get a 1.5% increase or whatever it was that they allowed here in Ontario, and oh, you yeah, guys yeah. out there with your, it's ridiculous. I don't even like saying it, but what is it? 375 bucks for rent or whatever that was just yeah. raised yeah. to 500 or yeah. something. Yeah. You know, we got, I don't know about you guys out there in BC and across the country at other uh, areas, but we here in Ontario, uh, and here in Toronto, actually, is uh, something called the Section 37 Fund. And long story short, so I don't put your viewers to sleep, <laughs> what, what it basically is, is when the city uh, talks with and, and is in discussions with developers, uh, there's yeah. funds there to build a park, to build amenities, to add mm-hmm. to this, that, and the other. Uh, what we also have is a bare minimum of what they have to or are supposed to put through for housing. Uh, so what we need is like people coming to the table and giving deputations and saying like enough's enough, right? We have a 37, uh, uh, section 37 fund uh, thing in Toronto. Use it to build units for people that have been waiting on the list. We got 84,000 or 86,000 people on the housing waiting list here, right? Like we just, we got to learn how to properly uh, diversify our portfolio. Like, like some people talk about use public lands to build housing on. And have people build it and operate it that are actually going to be living there, right? There's so many talented people out there that would do this, right? Um, like so, so often, uh, the one common thing that I hear from people, occasionally, 50% of the time, 
is, Dan, why do you say this? Dan, why do you tell this? Because it's the fucking truth, man. And unless you guys want to live in a lie for the rest of your lives and just keep hearing your own narratives that don't accomplish anything, then this is what we got to do, right? The issue is it's been let go for far too long. And there's yep. so many, so many <clears throat> diverse issues to be dealt with, whether you're a newcomer, indigenous, a woman, part of the LGBTQ community, or just an everyday Joe that is just trying to survive. We are all humans. We're all people. We all deserve that housing. Housing is the human right. Like I said, if I didn't have an RGI unit, my job where I am, sure, great job, great paying job, but it's a part-time job. And if I were to have to leave here, I'd be homeless again because the rent here in Toronto is now somewhere in the vicinity of $2,300 to $2,500 a month for a one-bedroom. Mm-hmm. That's what it's going for. BSP or OW yeah. that can afford that. Hands up, right? Yeah. Plus, what it's going for in the, in the capital region here. I mean, I, I can't believe it. Like in my in my building, it's I, I look around and it's like the cheapest around. You know, everywhere else, it's like the prices. In my landlord told me like they have other rental properties, and she says, "My God, Brad," she says, "I mean, you're looking at twenty four, twenty five hundred dollars for one bedroom." I go, "What?" She goes, "Oh yeah." And so you're saying, oh, my God, the prices are high. Yes, they are high. They're even higher. So if you left your unit, we would rent your unit out for $1,750 in our building here. But other buildings that we have, yeah, they leave. The rent's now going to go even higher for those tenants. Mm-hmm. So um, her, her view was, uh, and the management company, uh, they're awesome here. Um I mean, even though they're private sector, they get it. Like, they get it. They want to keep their, they want to keep their residents happy. And what they say is, well, there's such a long waiting list for social housing under the government, like at least minimum 10 years, minimum 10 years, and not enough housing is getting built. So they say, well, why doesn't the government just bring over those other programs that people would be eligible for that are PWD, that are seniors, everybody, and put it all under one umbrella? Because right now seniors get it, uh, RAP in, in B.C., uh, British Columbia, they got a res- residential assistance program. It's for single mothers, single fathers bringing up their children. Okay, so it's I'm not singling out saying it's just for mothers. No, it's for fathers too. If they're bringing up as a single father, bringing up their child, they can apply for it, which is thirty percent of their income. So it's like having having um, you know our RG, RGI housing, like in Ontario, in, in equivalent. It's like having that, but PWD Dan in uh, who who get the 375 shelter, they don't qualify because even though they live in, in the same situation as other people in that housing, they don't get it. So uh, the other minister who I had on uh, before, that was one of the things that he wanted to get rid of, but unfortunately uh, he wasn't allowed to get rid of it. So uh, I, I think it's more of a policy. We're going to have, we're going to have the minister of uh, housing on your show though. Yeah. Yeah. that will be interesting to talk we, about. We can that. make that announcement. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be having uh, a uh, the minister in, in BC, uh, minister of the uh, of housing, um, coming on, joining us in the near, very near future, and we're talking about these issues for sure. Um, about uh, you know, but definitely about the housing. I you know, I I still strongly like to keep advocating for that is extending those programs to help people in the market housing, paying high market rents. So that they all can now have the same um, situation other people in subsidized housing do, where they can now have more money to put back in, and they can better their their lives and be, eat healthy foods and put less strain on the healthcare system. If because if you're not healthy, you're going to put more strain on the healthcare system. And right now, I know across the country, even in uh, Ontario, uh, also every province, they're struggling with doctors having a doctor shortage. BC, we're having a crisis right now, what's going on here, but I think it would level things out. And I think they, and I'm not bashing any, you know, certain politicians saying, you know, you're right, you're wrong, you're right. You work, and, and work together like this. Let's fix this up. Let's fix up what the problems are. Listen to the advocates across the country and take the great ideas, but put them to work. Like not just listen, go, oh, that's a great idea. Let's have a game plan. Let's have an end goal. Okay. And this is one thing I learned in college here. So you have a goal. Okay. How do you achieve that goal? You have steps. Okay. So you have steps in order to get to the end um, game plan. 
So that game plan, once you reach that game plan, now you implement it in, into that goal. Gee, that was hard. <laughs> well, you see, um, I'll, throw it, I'll throw it out there to you very quickly. Sorry, I'm a little delayed, so I'm sorry if I'm interrupting. But it's like, for no, example, no. a couple of weeks ago, I went to a, uh, a mayoral candidate's office opening, right? And you, you know when you go to these things, sir, oh, there's no parties in municipal pol politics. Bullshit. There was liberals there. There was PCs there. There was everybody there. But this person, just it just so happened to be that they had a little bit of everybody there, right? And it made me think, okay, I've never really talked to this person before. Uh, they were involved in housing before, just like I'm very in tune with the housing community here in Toronto. Um, but I sat there and listened to what they had to say because the fact that they were uh, able to gather that diverse of a community together and, mm -hmm. and to focus on, uh, there was three particular issues they were all focused on. And it's like, that's what I personally do. I don't belong to a party or person. Everybody knows that I've, I've known Ford for, I don't know, 20 something years now, 24 years, but I could give two shits because you know why his government is sucking right now, right? There are people dying in LTC homes. There's people dying on the streets. There's people that don't even have a roof over their heads. So like you guys touched on, you got to work together on those mm -hmm. issues. And then you never know what you're going to come across down the road, right? You might not like each other, might not go out for a nice cold beverage or anything, but at least you'll be able to get the narrative out there of, of and the the voice and and what actions are needed to the community because it's not dogging the media, right? But it's a proven fact. I've said it all my life. I'll say it again. Media runs elections. They have their chosen candidates. They'll put them on the plank and they have the right to do that because that's their business. Right. Mm -hmm. But is that what we need in a diverse community such as ours across Canada to get the people in to do the things we need done? No, we need collaboration. We need action. Enough of this fucking talk. Enough of the eight years, the, you know, C22 or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. yeah. And although some people I disagree with sometimes, I'll leave it at that. We also do need some sort of basic income because if yeah. we don't have th that money flowing through, like you said, it's very important. People will contribute to the, to the economy. People will be buying their mobility devices. People will mm -hmm. be buying better food. I just went to the fruit market the other day and was so proud. I think I made a stupid video on YouTube, but I was so proud because I was able to only spend like, I don't know, 15 bucks, but I got everything I needed for the month to keep me healthy, whether it be fruits, bananas, blueberries, whatever, right? If people don't have that option, what the bleep are they going to do, right? What are they going to do? Yeah, it, that's uh, that's exactly it, Dan, is uh, if you don't have all the tools um, in order to make it happen, so meaning tools, having the resources, right? And that mean comes down to, uh, you know, accessibility too. So that would be another topic that I'm going to be diving into in just a moment with you is about accessibility. Now, there's a narrative out here. Um, they're pushing about accessibility. Well, that's great. Um, I'm all for it. Uh, transportation. Yeah, that's great. Okay, but you need you need all the fundamental parts in place first. You need your housing. You need your income to go with it in order for accessibility to work. So is it that uh, you give people enough money so that now they can use the transit? They can be more accessible on the transit? Um, you give them, you know... Uh, and here a bus pass or you can have a bus pass or you can have your income you can have a choice oh but if you have your transportation you just don't get that extra income so it's you know before once upon a time in bc you used to have one bus pass you pay one fee you have an unlimited travel throughout the year now imagine that yeah and it, <laughs> but, you know, there was a different administration at the time um and they just changed because a handful of people said this is what we want. It works better in our community. Well, this changed the whole system, right? Okay. And poof, so, it changes to a yeah, pink poof. unicorn. Yeah. And then, pink then unicorn other, running around. And then the other administration <laughs> comes in and said they couldn't put it back together because the other one dismantled the computer operating system. Now, uh, people that know me <clears throat> know that I've been playing with computers since I was a kid, right? I used to do programming. I used to use DOS, right? Batch files. Right? And trust me, it's not difficult. It's really not difficult to actually implement that back in, right? And so I went, I, you know, I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to call their bluff. I was ticked off. I was, part of my language, I was pissed off when I heard that announcement. I thought, are you kidding me? I thought, no, 
So I went over to Best Buy Mobile. I went to the Geek Squad. They call it the Geek Squad, yeah. So and I went over to some other computer shops, another guy who I know who ran uh, this one business. And he says, Brent, he says, it's not hard. It, it's not hard. You copy paste, right? They got one for seniors already. This is the seniors programs when it's going. No problem there. Hey, you're 65 plus, you get you get to have an annual bus pass. You don't have to opt in, opt out, hey, have the cash or not. But Brent, it was the only computer that they had and they dismantled it. I know. You know, it's gone. So they can't rebuild it. It's impossible. But but we can't (laughs) fix it. We can't just copy the program back over because why? Because it was designed that way. Yeah, yeah. I want I wanted to make a I wanted to make make the point, and this is going a little bit off topic. But you remember, like in the early days of the pandemic, there was an increase of racial hatred, right? And I remember I've made this point before, but you remember Sophie Louis, who's a a broadcaster here? Yeah, and she made the point of you know that all this racial hatred that was on the increase because of everybody's like. Everybody's up, up, their nerves are up, right? And yeah. uh, she says, like, I hate being othered. You know, like she she made this big editorial about be, being othered sucks. And, you know, that got me thinking that that's exactly what it's like to be on social assistance here in BC or anywhere is that we're constantly being othered. Like, it's like, well, you know, you know the the vast majority of the population deserves this they deserve serb or whatever or they deserve whatever this here over here and you guys on pwd you deserve this because you're othered you know and and the whole um we've talked about this before but it's a systemic it's just systemic um you know legislated poverty it's 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 designed that way <laughs> you know yeah and and it's designed to oppress and it's it's designed to purposely other you know those people that are vulnerable well i I, I don't know how they can other people right because like we're all human right we all have to eat we all have to take transit we all have to go to work right like it's I i don't know about you guys there in in bc and across the country here in ontario uh more specifically toronto uh, a lot of the issues that we've had over the last couple of years, that was one of them, was uh, bus passes being taken away uh, from those on assistance. And hmm. just in case anybody in Toronto doesn't know, um, there is actually a program where you can take your social, the social assistance uh, slip or whatever you want to call it, whether it be on OW, ODSP, what have you, um, and take it to the TTC and you will get a discounted uh, pass. I'm not sure on the amount side. Rumor had it, I heard it anywhere from 39 to 70 bucks. Um, but there is a program in place where you can take your slip. And here in Toronto, it's located on uh, Davisville and Young Street. Everybody knows the building. It's right on the corner there. Um, but you can get a discounted rate. Um, but yeah, the clawing back of all the passes and such. Like I've been oh. watching it because of your, actually your transit videos and bringing yeah. to light like one bus on a fucking Saturday at three o'clock in the afternoon, like what, yeah. what people I know. in Toronto would be tearing their fucking head. I know. Arrow, right? no, isn't that crazy? Yeah, we all like it leads back to the same statement. Everybody work together to get these things done. And if they're already done, help educate the community that doesn't know about it yet, right? Yeah. And how can we and then how can we make things better? It's um it, I'm glad that you know when we're talking about like there's different surrogations of uh, one part of the population against another one and it, it reminds me of a, of a time that now and I'm not pointing fingers at any particular government, right? Uh, but I, I will throw it out there because it was something recently that was on the news. And I, and I know so many people who watch, uh, you know, podcasts, watch the news. And they, they, they I'm, so I'm going to do a little comparison here. And people are like, what? So Neil will know about this one. Remember when we had the previous administration and they talk about third world country. Health, oh, yes. Health, how yeah. PWD rates were, were, I mean, you should be grateful that, that you know, in a, in a, as a third world country that you don't live in Nicaragua. Mr. Mr. Coleman. Right. Now, yeah. now fast, forward, fast forward to just recently, blah, 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 blah. there was some, <laughs> that, that was in Kelowna, British Columbia, that there is a uh, opposition, right, party member. And, you know, I, I throw it out there. People go like, oh, my God. 
it was something that that he was said that oh my god how can how can this be happening in Kelowna how can this be happening in Kelowna British Columbia all the tent cities and he mentioned about third world country and it reminded me of Mr. Coleman when he said that he got backlash really really yeah. bad at that and yeah. I'm really shocked when I heard that going forward just recently uh, and I'll throw it out there you know Mr. you know Pierre Pierre Palev right right um yeah, he, he mentioned that. And I thought, <laughs> are, are you are you copying what Mr. Coleman said back then? Or why would you even say that? I don't I don't get it. Like it makes no sense. Like Brent, people. you're gonna get me fired, buddy. I, I no. wanted to I wanted to make the quick comment that your your mom is listening, Dan. Yeah, your mom your mom is listening. I I just got a I got a text. I just got a text <laughs> from her saying that she's been listening since the beginning. So there you go. You know what yeah. the cool part about that is? And yeah. and sure call it what you want pat on the back every like i talk to everybody like this everybody yeah. knows me like this so where you have others online who are just yeah. spitting their own narrative for the sake of spitting their own narrative yeah whether you like me or not i have full confidence in what i say because what i say is exactly the truth i'm not perfect yeah. i i screw up the hey hello you know what i mean <laughs> i'm not perfect but I have full confidence be where before I would say, oh, my God, my mom's here. Uh, I'd like to thank you for coming to Sunday school. Nah, I have full confidence to say what I want because the things that I spit are the truth. And mm -hmm. we need that in the community for people like my mom or, or your uh, Sonia's family or, mm -hmm. or even uh, your son growing up uh, there, Neil, to understand the truth about what's going on. Because if we yeah. keep sugarcoating it, we're going to end yeah. up in the same position 75 years from now, right? So, yeah. right on. And Ma, I only did it four times, I think. I'll try not to swear. <laughs> Hi, Dan's mom. Yeah. Hi, Dan's mom. You know, and, you know, it's, that's the point I just want to throw it out there is that, you know, when I, when I did it, it's a comparison of saying, well, you know, why would why would that politician say that where the other one did? I mean, like, really, like, they should not even go with that narrative anyway. How do we fix the problem rather than going, oh, it's it's Justin Trudeau's fault. Oh, Pierre. Oh, no, Mr. Pierre, it's your fault. Or back and forth, like work together. We all know there's a problem as society. We know, we see it. We hear it all the time on the news. And I was talking to Sonia this morning about that. I was like, oh my God, all these crises is going on. And she's like, yeah, I go, why can't they all work together? Fix the problem rather than doing, oh, he, yo, oh, this government, blah, blah. Like I recently had, and a lot of them, people will watch the podcast. They'll say, oh, wow, Brent. And I'll say, yeah, I recently had a member of the BC United Party come on my show. And, and, so, and like, some people said, how dare you, Brad? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> how but, dare you? But, but, I, but I, I invite people from other oppositions to come on. Why? Because I love to hear other ideas, other perspective of advocacy. And the, the person came on is fighting for advocacy for her, her older child, autism. I think, and I, I've always been since uh, geez, I, since I was a kid of uh, equality of uh, recognizing other disabilities, how can we how can we bring this forward of talking about it? And I learned about this in college. It's like talk about your disability, Brent. Talk about your disability. Don't be scared. Don't be shy. Talk about it. And I had to do a videography of myself talking about my own personal life. I learned fast that it got graded by the class, and I got to rewatch it with the class. I'm like, well, you can imagine, right? And then being graded, and there was no uh, saying uh, like people's opinions was their opinion. Yeah, no, Brent, you needed to speak a little louder. No, you need to be a little bit more confident. Or and then we would re go back and do it again. And it wasn't all about myself, and I'm not praising myself, but it was all about recognizing of who you are and knowing that what you say is important and speaking up, like speaking up for what you believe in. And if you believe in in what you believe in. Then, then others, other advocates are going to say, hey, that's a great idea. Maybe we can all work together in, in one way or another, rather than pushing each other down and going, mm -hmm. no, my idea is better than your idea, you know, um, or, you know. Well, I and mean, and, and just, uh, just as an example, like, for example, the other day, I don't know if you guys are aware. Well, you guys probably are because you're right next door, but it was the Alberta elections, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, I was part, and this is the only plug I'll make, uh, True North Eager Beaver podcast. You guys got to check it out. Uh, it's every every weekday morning, uh, 7 a.m. Eastern. So, but you can check it online as you would uh, at Neil Matheson. Coffee, one coffee, for your shows. coffee time. 
Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, okay, right. coffee time. But, I'm uh, I'm Neil Matheson on Twitter, but I'm uh, Neil Matheson one on Twitter, but I'm just Neil Matheson if you look up me on uh, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So the Neil Matheson <laughs> on there, but it was it was about like I personally I know a little bit about politics across the country. I think Danielle Smith is a total idiot, but I was willing to listen to this podcast right because I knew the people that were there were going to be putting out the truth, and part of learning is listening. Right. It's mm-hmm. one of the most important parts and i know that i act a fool sometimes and a lot of people might be laughing right now but you gotta listen right so i listened to that podcast till three o'clock in the morning our time and it wasn't because i was benefiting off of it or anything it's because when i talk to people i want to know what i'm talking about and if i'm going to get involved <laughs> in the community i better understand that community so like you said we've said fifty thousand times work together do your own a uh, little, you know, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, investigations, whatever, like watch whatever suits your needs and your wants, and then make your informed decision as to how we should go down the road. Because this constant back and forth does nothing oh. for nobody. So, so there you go. If people want to make an informed decision, listen to Brent. <laughs> 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 and that it's the truth you know why because no. you guys are honest about every and i'm not just blowing smoke up your ass and for everybody else that's listening i'm not a paid spokesperson or anything they don't care about me i don't care about them other than what we're trying to accomplish as a whole as a country and the reason why i listen to people like you guys here on your channels and the people that i listen to over at criermedia.com or mm-hmm. .co whatever it is is because they're honest and upfront about it. And that's the type of people that I want to take, not my advice, but my knowledge from, and then base mm. my own opinion and speak out like this and feel <laughs> confidence. Like I said, even in front of my own mother, to feel confidence that I can speak on these issues and anything yeah, anybody else says is not going to upset me. Mm-hmm. And it's taken a while to get there and it takes some time, but. Yeah, it's doing good up. there. <laughs> yeah, twenty-five percent good. Well, yeah, he's yeah, he's good. He's great. You know, just yeah. See, yeah, and then you know, I got my H two O right here. You know, that's uh, yeah, mine's kind of yellow. My bad. Well, that's okay <laughs> because I because I I did um I did a segment on uh, the touring for Brenton, and uh, I did that. Uh, we went to an Irish pub <laughs> down there, and you know, of course, I I had one of those one of those yellow drinks too. Your oh, guys' videos have been have been awesome. Like especially, I want to hit it on again. Those transit videos. Like I can't understand for the life of me. I know we live in Toronto, right? But I can't yeah. understand for the life of me any town across Canada that only has a bus like at three thirty in the afternoon on a Tuesday. Like it's, yeah, it's like, crazy. People would yeah. be ripping their hairs out, and and like the phone calls at my office would be off the hook. And it's just, we got to come together and, and make us as one. Nothing is going to be perfect. The people that get things in Toronto aren't going to be the same things that you get up in Northern Ontario, what have you. But we have to work together to try, to try to, because the constant bickering is just, I don't know, horse poo-poo. Yeah, I mean, you look at a community from, I mean, what the Canada's, uh, I mean, well, British Columbians, uh, you know, top city here and in Victoria, you can't go from here. Uh, well, I mean, during the uh, during the daytime. Um, so like today's Friday. So if I wanted to go to Duncan, yeah, I could jump on the rush hour bus. I think it's at three forty five. It's the first one going out. I can get to Duncan. I can't get back. Like literally, I could go there like this at late late this afternoon. I couldn't get back. Uh, oh, unless I wanted to wait till tomorrow, I could come back on a Saturday. And that's the only day you come back. Or I can go on a Saturday and go there and get back. I have to go on the first bus, which then would make me come back from the last bus back. It's all messed up. Like her, uh, Sonia's parents are just, they, they're beyond like mad. Like I don't even bring up a topic with them hardly because they get beyond mad. Like they said, it makes no logical sense, friend. No logical sense. And her dad, he just gets so fuming mad. Like he looked at his schedule and he says, this makes no sense. Did a two-year-old write this schedule, Brent? Like, uh, mm-hmm. no, I, I don't know who wrote it. Well, and it, and it, makes me, it makes me happy, and it also makes me sick at the same time, because yeah. where I live, anybody that knows Toronto, I'm right in midtown Toronto, right? I'm yeah. a two-minute walk from getting to 
the subway, which will take me to downtown Toronto Union, wherever I want to go, Hall of Fame, Rogers Center, uh, whatever they call the Leafs place now, Scotiabank or whatever. Like I can yeah. get to all that in five minutes. Oh, wow. there are people that live just north of me that yeah. can't afford to get on, whether it be TTC or go. And they yeah. all they get to explore is the Lawrence Allen Square. Like, come on, man. We got come together, right? Help each other. Yeah. Well, it's, it's called about accessibility. It's about inclusion. I, and I don't like the word inclusion too much, but I, but it's about making it so that accessible so everybody can get around. There should be no reason why people can't get from point A to point B. Oh, you've got to wait to, to get to point A to point B, but you've got to wait for who knows how long. Uh, it's like for here with the ferry. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate where I can get down to it now. This is the hurdle I had going on our adventure when we left. So I, so Dan, you know, I, I phoned up the transit and I said, uh, you know, I'm looking at my GPS on Google and then I'm saying, well, you know, I know how to get there. I mean, taking the trip many times. So Google say, no, nope, can't get there. What? No, nope, first bus and tell me to go down some other road. Well, no, I got a bus stop right outside the door here. Well, why it's telling me that is because the timing doesn't match up because you can't get down on the first bus out to get to the ferry terminal. Mm. So I'm on a main, main bus route and they don't run until uh, after the first ferry goes. They run, you can get down there on the second ferry every two hours, mm. not the first one. And I need to get down so that I could, in, you know, when we had to go out for um, Sonia's medical uh, appointment at the hospital, which I did the broadcasting from uh, outside the, uh, the, uh, cafeteria there but upcoming next on you know communities with just you better buy her good oh. gifts on valentine's day brother because she puts up with a lot of shit from you eh <laughs> yeah oh yeah oh yeah you know and so I, I did the broadcast from there but it was frustrating trying to get down the first bus so i had to take a cab i had to phone the transit and so i here's yeah bc transit i'm like i so i need to go hi i'm from this point i need to get down to I need to get down to Swartz Bay Ferry Terminal. Okay, what time are you going? Well, the first ferry. Oh, let me look here. Uh, yeah, could you make it downtown, uh, Douglas? I go, I'm up on Fort. Okay, could you get down there? I go, yeah, it's about a half hour walk, maybe 40 minutes. Oh, okay. I go, right, that doesn't work for me. Okay, I, I don't know what you want me to do about it. You don't know what you want me to do about it? That was what the response I got. Like people, like that's what I'm hearing. They don't know what to do. So I said, well, do you have any suggestions? Uh, I don't know. Walk. I'll take a cab. So, but I got transit. I can't use it. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what you want me to, to, how to answer that. How to answer? I go, well, make it so that it's successful so I can use transit. I'm on a main bus route. I mean, am I going to pull luggage all the way downtown? I mean, Sonia is having medical, uh, you know, some, some things that she's working on. The last thing she needs to do is be pulling luggage all the way down. Yeah. Or am I going to throw it over my shoulder and carry all this stuff with me? Be superhero, <laughs> you know? Yeah. What I mean, and that shouldn't be that way. Um, and again, that's what I mean. That, that we need to, as society, as governments, local government, provincial, federal, work together, and make it a better transportation network, so that it doesn't matter where you are in the country—west coast, prairies, uh, you know, your central Ontario, Maritimes, East Coast. Doesn't matter where it is. Listen to your citizens. Listen to what their needs are. Focus mm -hmm. on transportation, accessibility, what works good for them. Have, you know, uh, real consultations, but not just take all the information and don't do nothing. Take it in, figure out an action plan, listen to it, a goal. This is how we get to it and have the steps to get to that goal and achieve. Boom. Boom. Hell, imagine how society, <laughs> how we can actually change things for the better. It's not yeah. hard. If you if you want to learn how to do it, I can teach you how to achieve all those goals. Like I've learned all this stuff in college. It's not hard. It's not <laughs> workshops, people. Workshops. We're we're um getting right. We're right at the top of the hour again. So yeah. I I didn't know if we wanted to make uh, closing comments. Yeah, I know sorry, what my, I, I know what mine already is. Here. Oh, there we are. Well, that that was going to be my closing comment. Was how is your Austin dog, your dog? Aww. Well, besides beating my oh, ear, Sonia wants nose. to see your doggy. Sonia wants to see your doggy again. <laughs> Say hi. See, I I still think you should have called him uh, the the uh, the uh, gremlin. What was the gremlin name? The uh, Gizmo, because it's because of oh. the ears. Oh. Uh, hey, Dan, the Dan, 
Tanya wants hey, to see Neil, your dog. Neil, you <laughs> might want to uh, look down to the comment section because my mother's the one that named him. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, Austin's a good name too. Now, see, now, see if I was such an asshole, would he be licking my ear? Gizmo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, as for closing comment from me, I just, uh, I appreciate you guys. Uh, I appreciate, uh, you know, obviously Sonia supporting Brent and and obviously Neil and <laughs> for supporting uh, everything that's going on. And yeah, work together, work together, work together. And, and to those that really have a sour opinion of me, try talking to me, send me a message. We can talk privately if you don't want to out yourself to your friends, right? Talk to me. Let's work together and let's let's accomplish things as opposed to just hot air. You know, I, I, you know, I want to have, have you come back on, Dan. We'll talk, uh, you know, another day. And we'll, we'll talk more about the transit and stuff uh, and dive into a little bit of, uh, of that stuff, too. Um, and how can yeah, we make any, any, any time and keep up your good oh, yeah. work on the videos of the transit because uh, people across the country are watching. Yeah, and I, that's why I, I want to. Uh, we'll get uh, Neil to reach out. We'll we'll get you back on and uh, uh, as a, a follow up segment to do with transportation stuff. Uh, I think it's so important. Uh, uh, as people know, I'm, I'm a very strong advocate when it comes to transportation about accessibility and uh, having opt out and make your choices. Like, uh, can we just give everybody uh, the bus pass? And the reason why, and you know, next segment we'll we'll talk more about this, Dan. But my closing statement is. Your, your tax dollars are paying for this transportation, right? You got in BC, I don't know about Ontario, but we got a transit levy in our hydro. Transit levy. What does that pay for? What does that say? Transit, right? So you're paying with, with, for that. Without, without keeping you guys here for another how, hour, here in Toronto, the TTC is actually 80% funded from the fare box. Right. Wow, right. that's that's impressive, I don't know actually. the levies you talk about. Uh, we used to be funded by the provincial government. That ended, I don't know, a decade or two ago, I guess, when we oh. came in, into amalgamation. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, 80% of, of uh, uh, the budget for the TTC is funded by the fare box. And right now we are at uh, 3 thirty per ride. Wow. That's good, yeah. Well, you know, here they, they contracted out a service. I, I did a segment out in the Fraser Valley where I was right on the borderline, Dan. I was right, right on the one transit authority versus the other one. And I could literally walk across the road and I would actually be in another city where now they're on strike. Like that's messed up. Right. Yeah. So yeah. sorry for the noise. Uh, little Austin was attacking my beer cooler. Uh. Oh, <laughs> it's all good. I didn't even hear the noise, but if it did, it didn't phase me, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, yay. Um, but yeah, you know, Dan, I want to, I want to thank you for coming on. We'll have you back uh, very shortly. Uh, perhaps uh, next week, Neil, we'll get him. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Uh, we have, Anytime we have Ravi and we have Monday a couple of other people. We'll see it. We'll yeah. see how we can. Uh, yeah. Please everybody in. After, but we'll, we'll get you yeah. back on very soon, uh, Dan, and we're going to continue on about the very important topics regarding uh, transportation accessibility. How can we make things a lot better? And I love that your dog. Your There's dog your guard is, dog. Yes, awesome. It's, it's like I said, they're jackhammering the balconies, right? So he hears one little squeak and he's gone to lunch, right? <laughs> but yeah, thank you for that. And uh, yeah, anytime you guys want, like I said, except for Mondays and Tuesdays. Yep. And like I say all the time, I encourage everybody just reach out not only to me and check me out. Uh, I think it's uh, at 624Dan on YouTube, the little stupid videos I put out. Yeah, 624Dan on YouTube. Um, but it's it's not about me. It's about us, right? So anything I can do to help or educate, I'm, I'm there for you guys. No problem. We're now right. we're now over uh, 200 subs. So oh, wow. uh, I asked, and uh, to everybody that has subbed to the, the channel, the YouTube channel, uh, you're all important, and I love each and every one of you. So uh, keep keep liking, keep sharing, keep subscribing. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Like, share, tweet. I mean, do whatever you see. You see the post when I when I post out there and saying you know upcoming guests coming up, and they'll say, well, how do I subscribe? Well, you need to subscribe, or how do I watch? Subscribe to the channel. You're gonna mm -hmm. miss all the episodes. And, oh well. And, um, I try to put things out as informative as I can of getting the, the guests on who have a different perspective on things. And it's always good to have people's other people's perspective on on the outlook on what 
what their advocacy that they're looking at. How are they making things better for themselves, for their their children, people around them uh, with lived experience? And and son just got a nasty uh, uh, allergy cold, so I apologize for all the noise. Apparently, what is that in the background? Yeah, just, uh, all draining you're down. You right? better you better cook her dinner and and clean those dishes tonight, brother. There you go. Oh my poor hands. <laughs> But it, uh, you know, it all comes down to advocacy, right? It's all coming down to um, people's perspective on on uh, on their lived experience, and how the system has affected their lives, and how do we change things like cross party lines? How do we change the uh, policies and uh, whatever it may be? Is it healthcare? How do we change things? Uh, how do we change things for housing? How do we change things for the social safety net? Uh, it's obviously broken in so many ways. But how, how do we work together as society to fix things? Like uh, why we mentioned about basic income, GLBI, basic income, whatever it is, uh, incorporate all this together and lots of great ideas. And we'll, we'll dive into all of these things uh, coming up. Um, so anyone, anybody who wants to come on the show, definitely reach out to Neil or myself. Um, definitely subscribe to Neil's YouTube channel. Uh, just just, just send us a twenty dollar bill and we'll get you on the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can, we can catch up on the previous uh, events. I mean, watch for breaking with and uh, coffee time with Brent. My new segment. Uh, we're also going to be having, and uh, like I mentioned before, someone said to me recently, "When are you launching that new exciting little feature?" Uh, stay tuned. Uh, it's coming soon <laughs> to a podcast near you. There you go. Right on. Thanks. On that everyone. note. On that note, yeah. it was a great show. Thanks for tuning Thank in. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, stay tuned there, Dan. Just hold there. We'll be right back.